Today I get to speak with grant writing simplified host, podcast guest, Teresa Huff. She's the host of the Grant Writing Simplified podcast, a TEDx speaker, and a go-to expert in nonprofit strategy. She helps nonprofits triple their funding and maximize their impact. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about um, how we got into our businesses, um, how she got into grant writing, you know, her journey to the point where she's at today. She has a master's in education, and so do I, so we, we've teamed up really well. But Teresa uses that master's in education and over 20 years of experience in writing, special education, and business to help nonprofit leaders take their skills to the next level. She also mentors grant writers, and through her interactive fast-track grant writing program, she's available for university-level credit. So today, I'm great and um, I'm super excited to be bringing you Teresa, and I think you'll really have a lot of great takeaways from our interview, so stay tuned. Hello, darling. Welcome to Business Building by Design. Do you want increased sales and to scale your small business to a new level? Do you find yourself up late at night worrying about how to make more money and customer retention? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to feel frustrated and like you're spinning your wheels and it's not getting anywhere? Well, hello, I'm Emily, and I'm here to help. I, too, have felt frustrated and like I was running in circles, only to be right back where I started. I wanted to create more income, have a successful, sustainable business that I could count on without feeling like I was working myself to death. I thought, there has to be a better way. I've learned the secret sauce to growing your small business, and I'm thrilled to share it with you. In this podcast, you'll find tips for attracting new customers, strategies for achieving your financial goals, and connecting with other women entrepreneurs just like you. So put on your walking shoes or grab that kombucha, and let's go. Okay, so Teresa Huff, and she is um, the writer and producer of Grant Writing Simplified, and she is here today with me, and we're going to be talking about Teresa's story and she, how she got started in grant writing and how she got started in her podcast and what she does with that and how she's helped so many millions of, uh, or collected so many millions of dollars for schools and nonprofits. But Teresa, um, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here and I look forward to talking to you today and sharing with our listeners. So, so tell me a little bit about your, yeah, tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, years ago, I started as a special ed teacher, and I didn't mean to be a grant writer at all. (laughs) Had no clue what it was, really. That's how a lot of people are, I think. And so then when we started a family, I wanted to stay home with our kids and find a way to still bring in income and use my degrees that I had gotten in education. And so I got into grant writing. At the time, Google wasn't a thing yet. So I couldn't really just look anything up online. I heard of a lady nearby who did grant writing and I asked her if she would meet for coffee. And so we had a chat and by the end of our conversation, she said, you know, I'm looking to add a couple people to my team if you're interested. So I jumped at the chance to work with her for a couple of years and she was an amazing mentor and I learned so much. And then when we moved away, I branched out on my own and that was great. But then that opened up all the questions of how do I negotiate this with a client? How do I charge for my services? How do I do that? Ooh, you know, all the unknowns and things that you have to try and navigate over time. 
Yes, yeah. all the things. And so just trying to figure that out along the way. And mm-hmm. then now I had kind of come to a crossroads of what do I do next? And looking back, I realized there were certain key things nonprofits had in common that were successful with grants and also certain key things I wish I had known starting out. So that's why I created the podcast. It's like, this is what I wish I'd had 20 years ago Yeah, when I started out. I think um, just, I've really been pushing the, um, the message that mentorship coaching is so priceless. I mean, just having the knowledge and wise people seek other wise people. (laughs) So, you know, just learning from their mistakes and anytime that you can, especially in grant writing, it's, I feel like it's something that is modeled and it's definitely, like we said, a science, it's definitely an art form and being able to learn from people that do it really well is again, priceless. Absolutely. And, you know, that's one thing I've learned about mentors along the way is some of my mentors I've never even met or they Mm -hmm. have no clue that they're a mentor, (laughs) but I still (laughs) learn from them. You just kind of find the ones that you need for that season. And I've grown and shifted and needed different kinds of mentors. The mentors I need now are much different than what I needed 10 or 15 years ago, but that's okay. Because always, like you said, looking for that community and looking for those people ahead of us that we can learn from, whether in our own industry or in something entirely different, there's a lot of wisdom out there to absorb. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the people like, just like you said, the people that I started with when I first started doing mentorship and, and coaching, have outgrown and grown to other coaches, but that's okay. I think there's a, a niche for everybody. So if, and that's what I tell my listeners, if you outgrow me, that's great. I love it. <laughs> you know, go on. Yeah. I, I will send you. It's somewhere. a compliment. It's a compliment. That's amazing. So, you know, I think that's, that's so important. And, and you do teach grant writing, correct? Through your podcast right. and you offer courses. Yes. So we'll, we'll get yes, into that a little bit later, but, um, Tell me about overcoming your fear and just really leaning into the entrepreneurial journey as you got started in grant writing. Oh boy. Yeah, that's a whole thing. It took a while to even identify and pinpoint, Mm -hmm. but realizing, okay, that's what's consistently holding me back is fear. Like, yeah, I could try this thing or I could do this project that this client wanted, but part of that, maybe it didn't turn out well because Mm -hmm. I was afraid to speak up and trust Mm -hmm. my instincts and say, you know, this is not in your best interests or a brand new nonprofit coming to me saying, okay, we got our 501c3 letter. Now go write grants for us. And I wanted to please the new client. Mm -hmm. So, okay, Mm -hmm. sure. But now I know that is not in your best interest as a brand new nonprofit. You need to have these other key pieces in place first. And so owning that and trusting that Mm -hmm. part of that comes with experience, but part of it, I had to realize, okay, where is fear holding me back? Mm -hmm. And how am I using fear to make my decisions. And that was really had essentially become my filter for decision-making. And once I realized that and really did a lot of deep reprogramming of my thought process, renewing my mind and digging into what I knew to be true, then I could recognize the fear for what it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have fear as a good thing to keep us from falling 
off a cliff or, you know, going down a dark alley. There are just Mm -hmm. certain things that, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a good thing, but not for everything and not for our way of life. And once I realized that and how much I needed to reprogram those patterns Mm -hmm. and how much I was afraid of the what ifs and what if somebody sees me? What if somebody hears (laughs) me? Why should I start a podcast? Somebody might listen. Why would I do that? (laughs) And getting over myself and getting out of my own way. Yeah. That was game changing. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And so it's so funny because like I have the opposite problem. (laughs) I just jump right in. I have no fear. (laughs) And, uh, you know, anyway, but, um, I typically jump right in and like, oh, well, okay. So, um, that's a good thing too. Yeah. I, I think it takes, everybody to make the world go round. And I think so many people do struggle with their fear and they have to get out of their head. They have to get away from, get out of themselves, you know, and be able to, it's great that you were able to recognize that fear was holding you back because you can separate it. You can take it and say, okay, this is not healthy or yes, I'm having this fear, but is it legitimate or is it just me holding myself back? So I think that's really good. So how did you separate the two? How did you learn how to discern discern those two? Oh boy, that was a process. You know, there was a season I mentioned, I was at a crossroads two or three years ago of just not knowing like, okay, should I start something new? Should Mm -hmm. I go get a job at a nonprofit? Mm -hmm. What's next? Should I do something completely different? I was kind of not sure what, what to do next. And so really all those unknowns, I dug into a lot of scripture and Uh the Bible and just Mm -hmm. looked for promises. And I had gotten a new Bible in a different trans or not translation, a different version than what I had had before Mm -hmm. so that it wasn't like automated in my head and started underlining. And I had, I got a four pack of markers that were different colors. And Mm -hmm. so anything that was a prayer or a promise, I marked in red and then green was grace or, you know, just different color coding that forced me to actively search and discover. Yeah. Yeah. And once I started looking for the promises, they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like they're all over the place. And so really just searching and writing some -hmm. of them down doing Mm -hmm. a lot of just copying word for word and ingraining that into my mind helped those patterns surface more and help those promises surface more than the fear. It took a while and it's still a constant work in progress. But then the more I separated myself from the fear, the more I could recognize it when it popped up. Yeah. And then also one thing that really helped me was I heard it recommended of naming the thing. Like Mm -hmm. if something's bothering you or you're afraid, if you can name it, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it doesn't have as much power because maybe it was like, okay, I don't know. This whole situation's got me scared. I don't know what to do. But Mm -hmm. then I was like, okay, what if the client says no? What if they don't want to do that? I'm really afraid that they might not want to extend our contract or whatever it is. Then it was like, okay, if that happened, it wouldn't be the end of the world. If they say they don't like it, we might tweak a couple things and then keep going. So then just naming it, remove the whole cloud of fear and pinpointed it to one small area. So realizing that kind of thing was super helpful. And then also just finding different resources of how I'm wired, like learning about introversion and highly sensitive people was a Mm -hmm. big thing. And even something as simple as like social anxiety and realizing, yeah. oh, that's a thing. 
And so it's going to feel weird if I go to a huge gathering where I don't know people and I don't have to be afraid of the strangers. It's just like, oh, okay, it's going to feel awkward the first few minutes and then it'll be fine. Right. Like, you know, just getting over it. (laughs) Self-awareness. I mean, it's just self-awareness, you know, and knowing that you're realizing that you're an introvert or you're realizing that you did have some social anxiety, but it also, like you said, naming it, I, I have, well, I have figured out, I mentally picture it in my mind and I take that word and I just put it in the forefront of my mind and I recognize it and then I send it on its way. And that's just my mental, that's how I process and how I deal with that. But, you know, if I am having fear or if there's something, a problem that I'm having, like you said, labeling it, labeling it, recognizing it. And then I mentally picture it and say, okay, I'm done with you. Go on. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's typically what I do. But anyway, that's yeah, great. It's like, then you can contain yes. it to its rightful place and you can move on yes. from that and For not sure. have to dwell on it. And so realizing those patterns of where I was ruminating over and over on something or yes. this might happen or what do I do? How do I mm-hmm. act? Instead of all of that clouding everything, it can just be like, okay, I might be nervous for a couple of minutes. It's yeah. fine. And also then just starting to do the podcast I was completely terrified Mm. to do that, (laughs) but it was also like, it just made sense as the next right thing to do. And that really helped me to just showing up week Mm. after week for the last two and a half years helped me just get used to talking into a microphone and somebody might actually listen and that's going to be okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's the idea. But (laughs) what made you decide to do a podcast? Like how did that all come to uh, to fruition what what made you decide hey I'm gonna do a podcast well after the season of not knowing what was next like I knew from reading the promises that it was gonna be okay there was something next I just didn't know what yet and so I just started taking the next right step of whatever I knew as cloudy as it was and I decided okay I'm gonna do something I'm gonna make it count I'm gonna make this work, whatever that needs to look like. I'll just go all in. And um, I took an online course, just a little eight week course on social media and how to present yourself Mm -hmm. online. And she had this little bonus she included of how to start a podcast. And I was like, oh, that's nice of her, but I won't be needing that. (laughs) And so about halfway through the eight weeks, it was like, oh no, I think I need to start a podcast. (laughs) And so that was like, a week or so into September. Mm -hmm. And I decided to set myself a deadline of October 1st. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to do this thing. Cause if I wait longer, I'll take the chicken exit and never do it. So I decided to go all in for a year, Mm -hmm. do or die, publish every single week, no matter what, and give it a fair chance. Cause in the past I had tried blogging and didn't really enjoy that. And So I thought if I want different results, I need to try something completely different. And boy, it was, (laughs) and it was scary, but I love it. I've met people from all over the world because of it. And it's amazing. So yeah, definitely it's worthwhile. You're two and a half years in now. How many, how many episodes have you done? 120. That's awesome. Five-ish. Yeah. 130 getting close somewhere around there so yeah it's been crazy but it's been fun and then last fall I did a TEDx talk which if I hadn't done the podcast I would not have been prepared 
right. to do the talk in so many ways. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. I think I'm 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 coming up on 50 episodes, but I have really wow. enjoyed it. It's been and just yeah, just to show up every week. That's that's phenomenal. So um okay, so tell me this. How have some seemingly unrelated detours come together in surprising ways for you? So like mm-hmm. things maybe you didn't expect, but they've come together and it's been like a wow moment for you. Yeah. Well, along the way, we moved several times because of my husband's mm-hmm. job, which was always kind of hard having my own business. I mean, yeah, I was remote and portable, but just the time and focus it takes yeah. to move sure, <laughs> and also uprooting from clients and do I restart and it's exhausting. Yeah. And, you know, with having kids and family sure. and trying to get everyone settled, you know, yes. all the things. Oh again. yeah. All the things. And so at one point I just, all the uphill parts of it, I had gotten a little bit burnout on grant writing, but still wanted to do something remote. And so I started working with a real estate investor on just coordinating some closings and banks and things like that. And right after we moved here, he called and said, somebody just quit. Would you come to work with us full time instead of as a contractor? I thought, okay, sure. Why not? And so ended up for a couple of years being a project manager and overseeing rehabs and it was all remote and I learned a ton, but it was crazy, high stress, so much work and just insane. And so, oh, is it? Okay. So I'm a okay, then you know. We flip properties, we do all construction, yeah. everything, and this. So it's yeah. crazy. We crazy. did the fix and yeah, 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 flips and rentals yes. and yep, yes. all the things yes. you know, and yeah, getting those closings lined up and the yes. buyers and yeah, yes, yes, yeah. So it was nuts. I learned a lot because it was remote, and gradually I had more people under me that mm-hmm. I was training and even in other countries and coordinating projects and teaching them how to handle some of it. So it taught me how to do some online courses and platforms and things like that. And to get comfortable on at the time Skype, but teaching and some of those pieces that before I would have been really scared of. I was even nervous just being on a Skype call for a long time. (laughs) And so, you know, that was funny. But then along the way, they had a few deals go south and things kind of fell apart with their partnership. And so they laid off almost everyone in the whole company. So then I was like, okay, now what? Yeah. (laughs) And so after, you know, kind of the roller coaster and some crossroads, it was just like, okay, now do I find another job like that? Do I build up my own thing? What do I do next? And I decided if I'm going to work that hard, I might as well be working on my own business and not somebody else's. Right. So then that's when all this other part came into play and realizing I do like organizing systems and overseeing and setting things up and teaching people. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of fun. And I can do that with my own stuff that I've learned along the way. And help people learn grant writing and help them be more effective because I can't write all the grants for Mm -hmm. all the good causes, but if I can teach other people to do it better, then they can be more effective and get funding for their causes. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I feel like, you know, I started out, I was a school teacher. I was a stay at home mom. Then I was a school teacher and then I worked for a nonprofit and in our area and which I was still in education and, 
I feel like all of those things have led me to where I am now, just like you being in that real estate world, all of those things, God sends them to you so that, you know, and you can experience, and then they make you where you are now. So it's just, it's yeah. really, it's like, oh, wow. Now I know, you know, you look yeah. back and you're Even like, when you okay. feel like, yeah, yes. it may seem disjointed or you feel like you're in a desert, but it's all building and preparing yes. for the next thing to come, yes. whether you can see it or not, it's right. still there. And that's something I have to remind myself of a lot is God's timing. And he reveals to me what he wants me to know at the right time. And mm-hmm. I'll know when I know. And it's hard yeah. sometimes. And you're like, okay, I'm really tired of this. Or, you know, <laughs> when are you going to tell me? But he reveals it when it's time and everything is for a good reason. So, right. Anyway. And I had to learn that too, of like, say, even just starting the podcast mm-hmm. was like, okay, I need to steward well right now right. with just a few hundred downloads yeah. or not a lot going on mm-hmm. because if I don't steward this small thing, well, I won't be trusted with more and more. Right. So I felt like even in those unknowns, yes. I had to trust that, okay, there's more coming, but I need to be trustworthy right. with those things. Sure. Sure. I totally get it. Um, let's see. What would you tell your younger self about being an entrepreneur? If you could go back like 10 to 15 years, what would you tell yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Did I write that question? You did. (laughs) Oh my, what was I thinking? Let's see. I would tell myself, do the things Mm -hmm. like just, I mean, I did try a lot of new things, like even Mm -hmm. just trying grant writing, but I would say, trust my gut and go for it and do things like just lean in and stay consistent. That was the piece, like even just testing out blogging or this or that. It's like, I knew I was capable, but at times it was like, oh, nobody's really reading this blog, you know, just kind of fizzle out, but just staying consistent and leaning in and not letting fear, like we talked about, be such a driver, but just putting it in its rightful place in the trunk Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. it belongs. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, just lean in, go all in. Well, that's the things. That's great advice. And also trust in your gut. That's something that yeah. I've learned the hard way is always trust your gut. I, I mean, I'm just, yeah. you know, you, you second guess yourself or the fear gets in the way and it ends up being a debacle. And if I would have just done what I felt like I should do in the first place, everything would have been fine. So trusting yeah. your gut, learning how to lean in and doing all the things. That's great advice. Great advice. Yeah. So yeah, and um, even just knowing that sometimes your logic is going to yeah. outreason mm-hmm. your gut, yes. but if your gut is that like, it's telling you there's yes. a reason, even right. if all logic says otherwise, sometimes if I right. haven't trusted my gut, I've always regretted it. Yeah. And so, yeah, learning yeah. that. And along the way, before I started the podcast, someone had told me action brings clarity. Mm-hmm. And that just stuck with me. And I use that a lot with my students because I tend to get all up in my head, yeah. overthinking. I have to have the whole plan yes. and all the answers mm-hmm. worked out first mm-hmm. before I jump in. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, I got to do it. It'll become more and more clear as I go. And that brings more data, which helps you make better decisions and better actions and more clarity. So it's a cycle that helps keep moving forward and build momentum. Sure. Sure. So tell us a little bit about um, your courses, like what you do, what you offer, 
you know, what if people wanted to learn more about grant writing, where would you say to start? Sure. Well, of course, I have the podcast, which is free that Mm -hmm. if you're just wondering, Mm -hmm. and along with that, I have a quiz of do you have what it takes to be a grant writer just to help sift through like, where do you even start? What do you do? And then I do have a grant writing basics for beginners course. If somebody's just wanting to learn, Mm -hmm. like, what is a grant and Mm -hmm. how is it used for and how is it not used and Mm -hmm. kind of walk through step by step. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I have the mentoring and one-on-one coaching Mm -hmm. programs and training. And also I love doing grant writing workshops Mm -hmm. as well for groups. And then I work with nonprofits that are needing some help with their grant strategy to understand because with my TEDx talk, I talk about building your ROI framework Mm -hmm. and in the business world, it's a return on investment, yes. but in the nonprofit world, it's more of a return on impact mm-hmm. of where can they make the most impact by investing these funds. So then building that correct framework to have a good foundation for that will help you build the most ROI. So it's kind of encompassing with mm-hmm. that, but really it's helping be more effective with yeah. grants to ultimately impact the missions. Right. That's awesome. I love that. So tell us where people can find you. And I'll include all this in the show notes too, but like if you've got anything you're offering right now or where can people find you? Sure. Well, my website is TeresaHuff.com and the quiz I mentioned, TeresaHuff.com slash quiz. And then of course the TEDx talk, if you look up on YouTube, just Google by name, TEDx, it'll pop up. And I hang out the most on LinkedIn. So Uh I love hearing from people that have heard me on a podcast and I love connecting and hearing their stories. Who's on the other side of the mic. And that's awesome. Seeing what work people are doing out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's wonderful. And again, it just takes so much um, creativity, but also like you said, down to a science to do, to do grant writing. And I thought about doing it one time, but I wish you'd have been around then because I had no, no clue where to get started. And yeah, that was one of the things that kept me from it. Yeah. It's just like, there wasn't anything available. So I'm super excited. So I want to close that gap and help people know how to start. Cause that is the number one question I hear. And most people are not that far away from Mm -hmm. it. Like Mm -hmm. even with your background in teaching and real estate and most likely yes. project management. Yes. You probably already have a lot of skills you'd need. So it sure. wouldn't be that big of a jump. Sure. And once sure. people realize that, then it's like, okay, now you can yeah. create baby steps yeah. instead of a giant leap. And it's yeah. not so scary. Yeah. I need one more thing to put on my plate. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Don't we <laughs> you know, all? <laughs> I know. So anyway, that's what, it, you know, it's, it's crazy. In the last three months, I've started two new businesses and um, continued to, to do my podcast and built business coaching that way. And then also managing our projects and our, our properties and everything else that we've got going on. So I'm like glutton for punishment. Why not? Add one more thing, you know, no, my, my assistant the other day, she said, yeah, you cannot add anything else. (laughs) Not right now. I said, okay, I'll I'll wait. Not right now. That's right now. That's the key. A few things going (laughs) Wait till summer. Yeah, I'll be ready to go. So, well, thank you so much, Teresa, for coming on today and um, sharing your story and everything that you do. And I appreciate everything that you do. And um, 
I definitely will put this in the show notes. So everybody, if they're interested in doing grant writing or maybe nonprofit, I can send them your way and we'll give them all sure. the details. Okay. Sounds but good. Thanks thank- for having me. It's yeah, been an no honor. problem. Do you have anything else you want to add? Um, I would just say, you know, whatever is on your heart, uh-huh. if God puts that vision uh-huh. on your mind and your heart that won't yeah. let you go, then yeah. just trust that there is something there and yeah. keep going after it. Yeah. Lock in the vision, change your strategies along the way yes. as you need to, but really stay, stay locked in on that yeah, and go sure. for it. Sure. And I love, I'm going to steal your highlighter ideas, the one with the green, with the faith and the promises and everything, oh, because yeah. I'm a highlighter and I'm a right, you know, yeah. I write and scribble notes everywhere. So I'm definitely going to steal that one. So I think that was a great yeah. idea. Well, and so. I did the blue was like names or descriptions of God. Oh, that's And cool. so like, there's some really cool, yes. unique names that I had never yeah. thought about or yeah. So that's it's awesome. just kind of fun. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for coming on today. I look forward to talking to you soon. Okay. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed today's interview with uh, Teresa and I totally enjoyed speaking with her. We had so much in common and it was so great meeting her and hearing about all the things that she's overcome, what she does to help her community and those around her. So some takeaways from this, the first is overcoming fears. Um, We've all had them and it's how we handle them. It's recognizing them, sending them on their way, and redirecting our focus and focusing in on what is good for us. To show up, show up, show up, show up. If you've listened to me at all, I will tell you, be consistent, show up in whatever it is that you're doing, and results will come. Even when you don't feel like it, even when you're down, you've got to show up. Thirdly, sometimes difficult paths and roads to unexpected places become gold for us. They take us down paths that give us experience and something I've learned is just savor the moment. Savor whatever it is that you're doing at the time because there's a purpose for you in that moment and it gives you some sense of um, uh, or a takeaway that leads you to another path. So even if you feel like you're not in your niche, it could lead you to the perfect place that you need to be. So just take that moment, take it all in, and those unexpected roads lead us to gold sometimes. So totally look up Teresa, follow her on her podcast, and I know she would love to work with you if you're interested in grant writing. And of course, I would love to work with you. If you're interested in working with me as a business coach and um, learning about the things that I do, and I would love to share with you my nuggets, uh, then email me, emily at emilyjansenmcgrath.com, and I would be happy to do a discovery call with you. They're free, and then you can also work with me on an hourly rate or monthly or even yearly. We've got something for everybody. So give me a shout. Leave us a review. That's how we know that you're listening and also what you would like to hear. You can email me again at emily at emilyjansenmcgrath.com or follow us on social media. I look forward to talking to you again soon and have a great week.